Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Double Rewind. I'm your host, Stephanie, with my co-host. Jillian. Um, and we've been off for a little bit longer than we usually do. I think um, it's kind of like skipping a week. Yeah, not too bad. Um, but if you're just joining us for the first time, I'll give you a rundown of the podcast. So um, what we do here is Jillian and I are both twin sisters. We're both into film, TV, and entertainment. And what we do is we revisit a movie, TV show, anything that we should have visited a long time ago, but we're doing it now. So it's like double rewind. Um, every once in a while, Jillian will show me a movie I haven't seen. I'll show her a movie she hasn't seen, or we'll watch something we both haven't seen. Which could be like a show or kind of like spoiler for next week. We're, we're doing a music related one next mm-hmm. week. Um so yeah, we skipped a week just because with scheduling, but this will come out the day after Memorial Day. So this will come out on Tuesday, um, but gave us plenty of time to watch the movie for this week, um, which I'll introduce. So basically I had Stephanie watch The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which is definitely a movie. It was in 2005. So I feel like it's something we should have seen a while ago. For me personally, I think I saw it late college. I was definitely a late bloomer with this movie, but um I didn't remember too much from it, which is why I also had to watch it again. But Stephanie watched it for the first time, so. Yeah, it was it was one of those movies where I knew about it ever since it came out. And I just, I knew it was a book series. I just never watched it. And then people said like, oh, have you seen this? I'm like, no, I probably should have, but I just never got to it. Yeah. And at the age of 27, I got to it. Yeah, so before we get into anything about the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, I don't even know. Did I say the the name of the movie? Well, yeah. Whatever. We're going to do Sister Traveling Pants. We're going to do our top three favorite early 2000s teen movies. So I said anything like 10 years ago and back like 2013. Before 2013. Yeah. And it has to be kind of like a, a teen movie. Um, not like children's, but also not like a super adult movie. So we're going to do top three. So we did this very quickly right yeah. before. So I'll start. So top three. My number three early 2000s teen movie is Angus Thong's Imperfect Snogging. Stephanie and I discussed this film a little bit um, when we did our rom-coms just because the ending is so funny. Um, it's such a goofy, like, funny movie. It's like from, like, all the actors are English and it's everything like that. It's the most British film. It's the most yes. British. Actually, it's the most British teen movie I've ever seen. Yeah, but it's so fun. The girls are so fun to watch. The romances are great because Aaron Taylor Johnson is beautiful. And even there's some music that's pretty good in the movie, too. I think overall, just a great film. But it's also just so ridiculous that makes yeah, it funny. It makes it really funny. So that's number three. Number two for me is Aquamarine. Aquamarine is a an iconic early 2000s movie. It has Emma Roberts, JoJo, and Sarah Paxton. Um, and it's kind of like about a mermaid and like, I don't know, besides, it's like friendship, mermaids, everything about it is amazing. I, you probably can't name one girl who hasn't seen and loved Aquamarine. It's just an iconic movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, and so my number one is Freaky Friday. Mm -hmm. Freaky Friday is, Freaky Friday is actually one of my favorite films of all time. It's definitely in my top five. And, you know, with Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan, this movie is hysterical. The soundtrack is amazing. The story is very unique. I mean, it's based on an older uh, version, but... Number one is definitely Freaky Friday, and I'm so excited that they're doing um, a sequel. I'm so, like, unexcited for it. But here's the thing. Jamie Lee Curtis, I feel like, isn't going to let it be stupid. 
I don't know. I feel like I've seen so many reboots where the, the iconic people come back and like they're just at a point in their career where they really don't give a shit if it's bad. I mean, it's not going to be as good as the original, but like, am but I excited to, like, to just experience no, it? No, yeah. definitely excited, but anything that's a below the original is just going to be a letdown, which is essentially what it's going to be. Unless it literally blows our minds. You never know. So what's your, what is your top three? Okay. So my top three is my number three is going to be the spectacular now. Um, That was, that was before 2013. Wasn't it? I don't think so. Okay. Whatever. I'm I'm naming (laughs) it anyway. I could have sworn it was like 10 years ago. I don't know. Whatever. It is now. Um, It's a really dark movie. Like, it's very good, and it seems on the surface like a romance, and it's really not a romance, but it's so good, but so dark. It's really emotional. Um, My number two is Freaky Friday. Oh my gosh. Freaky Friday is one of my favorite movies, too. It's it's just amazing. Um, And then my number one is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Okay. I feel like, no, I'm I love, sorry. That no, no, no. film is I said, like incredible. I, I said, okay, just because I feel like we both had different vibes when we said early 2000s. Like well, I love the perks of being a wallflower, but for some reason I didn't put that in the category. I mean, it's a, it's a hundred percent a teen movie. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So that one is just the, the book I read, it was amazing. And when the movie came out, I was like, oh, I'm really excited. I don't know how it's going to be with the book. It gave me the same just emotional feelings and it's... It's a really serious, but really funny, and it's amazing. Steven Trubotsky wrote it, so yeah, it is no writer. Of course, of it the... is an amazing movie. I guess I just didn't put it. Also, a Cinderella story would have been there, but that was in my fairy tale list. So, just if anyone's like, "What about the Cinderella story?" Trust me, it would have been up there, but not about Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday, it just trumps everything. So that is our top three. We're going to get into a little bit of the background on the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and then we'll kind of give um, our opinions and go from there. So the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is a 2005 American comedy drama film directed by Ken Quapis from a screenplay by Della Efron and Elizabeth Chandler based on the 2001 novel of the same name by um, Anne Broshers. It stars America Ferreira, Amber Tamblyn, Blake Lively, and Alexis Bledel. So I'm sure you guys know the plot, but the plot of it is four best girlfriends hatch a plan to stay connected with one another as their lives start off in different directions. They pass... (laughs) Bless you. Sorry, I sneezed into my thing and I didn't want to make a noise, but it made a bigger noise. They pass around a pair of secondhand jeans that fits each of their bodies perfectly. This movie was released in the U.S. on June 1st, 2005 by Warner Bros. Pictures. So I also, do you want to give your first, your opinions first, or do you want me to just quickly breeze through mine before I ask you? You can go. You can go ahead. So um, when I told Stephanie that I'd seen this in late college, um, I didn't remember a lot of it. And low key, I didn't remember a lot of it because it's a little boring. (laughs) But um, I think maybe it's that... I feel like it would have had a different effect on me if I saw it when I was really, really young at the time. I'm in more of a nostalgic feel. I definitely think it's a cute movie and I think the stories and connecting is really cute, but I think I didn't remember it because to me, it's a little boring. Like, I don't know. I I just think maybe I wanted more from it. Um, I'm just going to kind of say it at that and then we can discuss, but um, definitely not a bad movie, just I don't know. All right. What are your opinions? Yeah, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. 
Yeah, it was kind like, of average, actually, yeah. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised, because whenever I look up the category of, you know, teen movies, and they come up like, you know, like, like you were saying, Aquamarine and Sleepover, and all these, like, fun-loving ones that you just get this sense of just funny and happiness from, I was like, oh, well, if this is in the same category, it must, it must have been something in that category I just didn't see. And yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, I've never seen a movie where things are literally just happening and they're just happening and you just feel like there's nothing. no build up like no there's... they're just happening you don't feel anything towards anything and you're like i kind of okay. agree with that like <laughs> I'm, it's literally just events occurring in front of your eyes like that's the entire movie and i don't know it's just there was there's no emotion behind yeah, for, it for people like who might be like oh my gosh you guys didn't like it i don't think it's that we said like it wasn't good it's just not spectacular i didn't think it was good it was i don't know honestly i was i think i was bored the first time and i forgot and then when i watched it again that's probably why i didn't remember anything it's like i don't know it's like it has its cute aspects but i just feel like you're right i feel like there's just things going on and they swap to the point where I feel like you aren't super deep and into any into any of the stories. Yeah, just, I agree. Um, but I think some of these discussion questions okay. will get us thinking well, a little bit. You more. know who directed this, right? No, the director of ha- uh, he's just not that into you. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but this he like, loves doing multiple stories that don't hook you on anything. Though I w- I actually think I I just based on what you said, I think you liked this movie oh, better. Than oh, that. yeah, because the other one was the worst film I've ever seen. Okay, not the worst one you've ever seen in your life. It's close. Um, but so, all right, let's start off with some some discussion questions. So, how did you feel about the characters in the film in general? Do you think these girls were strong characters in the film? Like, I guess between the four of them, how did you feel about each one of them? And don't say, like, which one's the least or most interesting, because okay. we're going to get okay. into that. Um, so, I thought that... Oh, I won't, I guess I won't say certain ones, but as a whole, I thought that they were, they were, they weren't strong characters in the sense of like, they were written really well. And I was emotionally connected because the script wasn't that great, but just as girls, like strong women, I thought that they were, um, America Ferrer's character was to me, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a narrator of it too. Yeah. Her entire story had the most depth to it in the sense of you could get more from it, even if it, cause when you think about it, it's two hours, each of them got like a half hour. Yeah. Um, so I thought they were pretty strong as girls. Um, there were definitely characters. I didn't not like any of the characters, but there were either some that I was so meh I don't really don't care and then some that I kind of liked it so it wasn't it wasn't um a bad reaction to them but I thought I thought as a as a whole especially for 2005 about four girls in like who were 16 yeah it was it was it was written well for young girls I think I agree too I don't think any of the characters were spectacular but I didn't look at any of the characters and be like oh my gosh like you're so dumb you don't have a brain cell like you're not mature in any way like I think all of these girls generally had some sort of maturity to them and I think for 2005 I think they were written pretty well and in some ways I think they were all strong in their own ways um they're not like 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 you said, they're not like written amazingly, but I definitely feel like they, the characters surprised me a little bit more than some of the teen girl characters I'm seeing in other movies around the time. So I would say that. But so whose story between uh, the four girls, Lena, I got to remember these, 
Oh my god. Oh, you can't even I will not be able to tell you what oh any my god, other names wait. are. It's it's Lena, which is Alexis Bladell, T- or no, no, yes, Tibby, which is Amer or Amber Amber Tamblin. Um, oh my God, why can't I remember? Frank we should honestly just talk about them as actresses because they're famous enough where everyone knows the character. We're yeah, about. I guess I'm so sorry that I forgot the names, but anyway, so between Blake Lively, Alexis Bladell, Amber Tamblin, and America Ferrera, which character do you think was the most interesting and the least interesting? Um, so I thought America Ferrera was the most interesting. I thought her situation was a lot stronger, like, thematically to the movie, where, um, she has a father who's really not been around, she's given the opportunity to spend time with him during the summer, she thinks it's gonna be just them, and then he introduces her to his fiance and the family and saying, we're getting married, and she's just thrown for a loop. So it goes through the idea of not really ever having connected with your father, but wanting to, but feeling like you're losing him to another family, not only another family, but a white family where you and your mother are Puerto Rican and you already feel kind of on the outside. So it dealt a lot with that kind of stuff. And I thought that it was definitely the strongest one to look into. Um, Alexis Bledel's I liked hers because it was just a really good scenery. It was essentially Romeo and Juliet. So that was pretty interesting. Amber Tamblyn's I was not very big on. I thought the whole thing with the little girl who was dying was like so weird. Was so weird and like thrown in there. Um, And then Blake Lively was the character I didn't like the most because I felt like she was written so stereotypically where she's kind of like, not boy crazy, but she really, she goes to a soccer camp and she meets like the coach. She's really into him and she's kind of trying to the flirt. The only male in the whole yeah. vicinity. He's, she's trying to kind of flirt with him and like get him to maybe like hook up with her or something. Um, and it's like very, she's like 17. So it's like, okay, this is whatever. Um, and then they, you learn from the very beginning of the movie, her mother died. And then they kind of try to weave into her personality and actions weaving into grief of her mother and to me it just did not connect at all didn't make any sense yeah so i am going to agree with your assessments of both so i think america ferrera's um storyline was really really great um i feel like you know like you said she's has a puerto rican mother and a white father and they kind of i feel like delve a little bit into maybe what split the family apart, but her kind of deciding to go see her father and her mom's like, you don't want to do that. And she's like, no, I want to. And then her father throws her for a loop, like terrible parenting to just not tell your kid any of these things. So when they get there, they just have to sit with the fact that you're about to get married in a few months and you have step siblings and all of that. The dad treated her like Garbage. Oh my gosh. The, the, the father, when I was, the whole movie, like, you think he would even get better, like, no. kind of at the end. He treated her but, like, garbage. he was literally, like, a CMX Tuesday. Yeah, he was, he was terrible. so bad. Okay, before we go on, we have to talk about the scene with the dinner. When she runs away from the bridal salon. Yeah, and then they and come then back, they, and they're she, eating dinner without her. Yeah, not no one gives a fuck. No one looks at looks for her. She comes home and they're having a nice family dinner. Probably doesn't care if she got murdered on the street. Yeah. And then she throws a rock at the window and then she kind of leaves. Yeah. And then her father doesn't call her to attend the wedding. And then she has to call him. And then, <laughs> and then yeah. he doesn't even say come to the wedding. She comes herself. And then he's just like, uh, someone needs to stand up here too. I'm like, I mean, that's the least you could do. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh my but gosh, he was I a do terrible think, father. I do think her character and her storyline was the strongest. I agree. The Blake Lively 
storyline I found the most boring because yeah. all they're doing is playing soccer and when they're not playing soccer she's flirting with him yeah and like which is like I don't know out of all the all of these stories I just feel like that was the most shallow storyline and I get it with the grief of her mom but I feel like there could have been grief in some other way rather than trying to get a yeah. soccer coach to have sex with you were, so I don't really trying know trying to tell us she had mommy issues like I, I wasn't sure where they her, were going so with that storyline her mom committed suicide did do so, we remember that so it's very subtle but when um Marika Ferreira is trying to comfort her when she gets yeah. home she says like your mom wasn't like strong enough to like go on and stuff like that so oh, she I committed yes yeah, so she committed suicide and like which yeah but, but at the same time once so here's the thing with Blake Lively's character she has sex with the coach it, it Wait, alludes to it. Do they really allude yeah. to that? I yeah, kinda... they do. Yeah, they do. Because at the end, when they see each other, she's like, I thought that's what I wanted. And like, it wasn't. They did. Because so I even weird, I, she's even 17 and he's clearly older. I know. So basically, after she has sex with him, she is depressed. Which, to be honest, I did think that aspect of the film was pretty good. Where it's like, a 17-year-old doesn't really understand the how you could feel after that. I guess so I feel like her getting depressed and then she was depressed basically being like because then her mom was super depressed so she's like I didn't want to be like my mom and stuff like that which I feel like is why she's so upbeat and tries to pretend everything's okay but like it was just not strong and it was very all over the place the way you explained it made me even more like yikes yeah so I would say those two um I did think uh I did think Lena was like she's adorable like I thought her character yeah I thought her character was adorable and I really like the fact that she's so timid but then she literally stood up to like her grandparents that like Mm -hmm. would scream at her I know but like (laughs) good for her I really liked her okay so next question how did you feel about the friendship dynamics in the film? The f- so I actually got this from the internet. I thought it was a good question. How did you feel about the friendship dynamics in the film? The friends in this movie have very different personalities. Did their friendships make sense to you in terms of this being super realistic? And do you think it's easier or more difficult to get along with people who are different than you? Because they're all very different. Right. So just regarding the friendship dynamics, I feel like we only got like the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes of them all together. So they were kind of insinuating, oh, they've been together for so long. And like, I know you can't have a whole movie showing all of that. Yeah. But I was like, okay, like their chemistry is good enough where I can understand it. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, Regarding all their different personalities, this, I mean, they say that all their moms met in a, in a yoga class, so that's how they all met. Like, do you think it's realistic that these girls who are so different would probably be friends? Well, that's what I was going to get friends. to. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is they have a shared of why they were all together. Um, I feel like it's a little bit unrealistic. I don't know if it would have been for the 2005, but I think it is now, especially with girls growing up in, like, high school and the pressures of it of... A lo- when yeah. you look at friend groups in high school, a lot of the friend groups, each group has all the members who are very similar. They yeah. all have similar interests. And I feel like, I mean, in a perfect world, I think this is amazing for girls who are very different yeah. in a friendship. But I feel like if I'm going to say, is it realistic? Unfortunately, I don't think it really is because one pe- person might grow up in high school and they're like, oh, you know, I want to be kind of more popular and these people really aren't. So I'm going to distance myself. So I don't think it's very realistic. I think it'd be amazing if it was realistic. Um, and regarding if it's easier or difficult to get along with people who are different, I think 
on a surface level, it's really easy to get along with people who are similar. Um, but I think if you really want to build a lasting relationship, whether it's a friendship or a relationship, you have to almost be with people who are a little different because you, you just become more worldly. You get experiences and see different things you might have not before. And I think lasting, lasting relationships kind of are from people who are a little bit different. Yeah, so I think the friendship dynamic was great, yeah, in the sense that they're all very different, and that's something that's really nice to see on screen, um, that girls from different families, different interests can come together and really build a lasting friendship because, you know, when girls grow up especially, like, it's interesting because I feel like girls, when they grow up with friends in elementary and middle school and high school and college, their friends are constantly changing. Whereas like with guys, they'll be like, yeah, I've had my best friend since I was three. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think that just comes from being a girl. But I loved that the fact that they could be four friends who are very different and get along. Um, I unfortunately also think it's not as realistic just for that reason. But I do think it's easier to get along with people who are similar to you but I do think like you were kind of saying that the really unique and amazing friendships come from people who are different but can share a connection through those differences yeah because and I think it's different also when you're when you're younger and then in middle school and even high school I feel like you really do have friends who are similar once you hit college you have friends who are so much different than you and you'll get along perfectly I literally like I have friends that I was like I can't even understand how we're friends because mm -hmm. we're all so different but like I agree, and I think that that's what makes it interesting because it's like, hey, what were you doing this weekend? And yeah. they're like, oh, I was doing this, and it's something you've like never done. And it's like, just have that conversation. They also having friends that are different than you allow you to have different experiences mm -hmm. and actually make you understand yourself even more in some ways. Yeah, and that comes along with in college, you're just also more more mature, and your 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 ability to open your mind up to different people and different things is obviously expanded. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, next question. So how do you feel about the pants aspect of the film? Do you think the pants bring the film together in a unique way to bring the girls together? or do, And do you think like the pants symbolizes something? Like what is just your opinion on this part of the plot line of the pants? So I get the point of the pants is like they, they have this tangible thing that they're kind of passing around to remind them of all of that them and like feel like they're all experiencing each other's lives even though they're all not there. I didn't think it really had a huge impact on the movie. It doesn't. Like they could have just of. been like friends going know. off and trying yeah. to keep in touch. Cause I think the pants were the thing that kind of like, like I said, it, it reminded them and made them all feel close to each other. But I feel like, I don't know. The aspect of it wasn't huge. And I, like I almost they took it feel, out. Yeah. yeah. If they took it out, it wouldn't have made a difference. Um, but I mean, it's a cute idea. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the pants kind of symbolizes the difference of them. Like, they're all different sizes. They're all different mm -hmm. people. But there's this one thing that keeps them together, which is over the summer, which is kind of sharing the pants. And I feel like that kind of symbolizes what we talked about before. Like, girls who are different, who are able to build a lasting connection. And this is kind of a, just a symbol to show that through the genes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, two more. So, how would you compare this movie to some of the early 2000s teen quote-unquote girl films like Angus Thung's The Perfect Snogging, Aquamarine, Sleepover, Cinderella Story, She's the Man, What a Girl Wants. Like, how would you compare those ones to 
Or how would you compare that to other girl teen movies? It's definitely lower than every single one here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I do think it had a little bit more to say than the other ones, but was it as interesting? Maybe not. No, I, I feel like all of the ones you kind of listed, whether it's Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging, uh, Aquamarine and Sleepover, like those three are just very like nutty and funny and yeah. like colorful nostalgic and cute and then like a cinderella story is that too and then she's the man what a girl what a girl wants is fantastic i think it's definitely the best one out of all of these Uh, here why didn't we i feel like yeah i don't know what a girl wants is a fantastic movie so i just feel like with a lot of the teen movies even teen girl movies there's just something like very sweet and very I don't know, like, very charming about them all. And this one didn't really feel sweet or charming. Yeah. I don't know why. And it's not that it has to be, but I just feel like... I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't enjoy it, it as doesn't, much. It didn't give me a warm feeling inside. Yeah, it really didn't. And I think that just comes from the lack of depth we kind of see with the characters because they're, like, swapping. Except for America right, Ferreira. Right. I feel like we really got some depth in Because they're all separate. It. I feel like if they made a movie where all these four girls are together going through something for two hours, yes, maybe I would feel it. But just the separation was just, it's really hard to connect. Yeah. So last question. Do you think you would ever be interested in seeing the second movie? So I want to say no, but I did see that it's when they're like sophomores in college. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, maybe it would probably be, it's really low on my list, but I will never say never. Yeah. I mean, just from talking to um our friend Mega, she actually said the second one was better. She liked it okay. more. And she said it's because a lot of it is in Greece. And it is also related a little bit more to Alexis Bledel's character, okay. which kind of makes sense because I feel like we don't really get any closure on that story. Yeah, li- yeah. So I, I also would not say I would, like, I'm not going to watch it tomorrow, but yeah. I think I would be interested in kind of giving it a chance. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, so those are our discussion questions. So let's kind of get to the box office and the budget. So with the box office, the budget of the film was $25 million and it made $42 million, which I feel like isn't that great. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't lose money, but at the same time, like, it didn't even double its budget. It's a bad. It's bad. So, I mean, <laughs> that wasn't a great success. But in terms of, like, critical acclaim, so on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has about an 82% based on 153 reviews and, like, an average rating of 6.7 out of 10. So the site's critical consensus reads that the adaption of the beloved novel charms it with its heartwarming tale of friendship and young adulthood. Realistic portrayals of the lives of teenage girls lends the comedy and drama sincerity and may capture heart outside female-centric demographic, which I can kind of agree with. But of course, Metacritic, which I feel like is always way harder than Rotten Tomatoes, um, gave the film like a 66 out of 100. Um, and it, but it generally had favorable reviews. So I feel like this movie generally has favorable reviews from critics and people. Well, Rotten Tomatoes is always easier because it's either rotten or fresh. Yeah. And then they just do the, you know, the the middle of that. And then Metacritic is literally like, give it a number out of 100. Yeah, like R- Rotten Tomatoes is kind of crazy to me because you could give the film like a C and it'll be like a fresh tomato. Yeah, it's weird. So I guess that means if you have a terrible Rotten Tomato score, like you're really terrible to critics. Not to saying critics. To, to critics. Um, so let's get into some trivia. So Blake Lively, oh, Bridget. Her name was Bridget. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Blake Lively's father, Ernie Lively plays her father in the movie. I actually did know this. Oh, how did you know? 
Uh, I had no idea. I was watching and I never want to, I, I never like saying people's names just in case people don't know that. But my boyfriend, Anthony, he walked in and he was just like, oh, like that's Blake Lively's dad. And I'm like, oh, okay. Is he an actor? Yeah, he he's an actor. Not like a huge one, but she's technically a Nepo baby. Because oh. her mom is like a cat, is like a casting something and her dad was an actor. But So I, I didn't like know I, it. I feel like I find but. out so many people are Nepo babies that I didn't know in the past few months. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So next, Blake Lively, Amber Tamblin, America Ferrera, and Alexis Pladell all became such great friends that Blake Lively named them her daughter James's unofficial godmothers. I think Aww. that's really cute that they all were really close on this movie. That's definitely good. And it makes me think, like, you know how we just said, like, all girls who... I mean, I won't say... They probably are different, but technically they're all actresses. So, like, yeah. that's cute that they're all, like, friends still. I like that, too. And I think it comes from... Th- this was a lot of... Like, for example, this was one of Blake Lively's really, like, debuts. And I feel like when you're 16 and you're just getting yeah. into the industry, it's probably easy to connect with girls who are your age who are also well, in the industry. all of them, I, I did the math. And she was, like, 16, 17. And the rest of them were, like, 22, 23. Yeah, she was, like, 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So director Ken Quapis never used the traditional phrase action to begin the actor's performances on set. Instead, he said, quiet, please. And uh, go ahead. This method was much more relaxed and allowed the actors to begin at their own pace. However, he did get teased about it. Someone even printed up a bright orange t-shirt quoting him and handing them out to the crew. I kind of like that where it's not That's like cute. action. He's like, all right, girls, go ahead. And that's, probably, that's actually really cute. I think that's also really cute. Maybe people should try that, especially with like young, oh like my young adult, like young actors, like kids to be like, all right, go ahead. I want a shirt that says, quiet, please, uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I want, I want that shirt. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I could Google it if it's on the internet. So as Lena writes to Tibby, so Alexis Bladell to Amber Tamblin, before sending her the pants, Lena is heard reading what she writes. After saying the, what the heck? After saying the guy made her touch a live fish, she says it was disgusting. But the letter shows at 27 minutes in, I guess, that she writes so much for magic. Nothing is written about the, okay, this is more like a goof than a trivia. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't understand anything. I think she's just saying that basically what she wrote down on the page was different than what she was like saying in her monologue. Which is kind of weird. It's like, why don't you just type it? Like, just get someone to write what they're I saying on the script. Yeah, I don't know. Laziness. Um, so according to the director, Hillary Duff was interested in playing the role of Tibby at one point. I feel like she, I mean, at this point, if you'd watch the movie, you, she'd just overpower the popularity yeah. of the other actresses. <laughs> I think so too. I also feel like she, has Hillary Duff ever played like a girl that's like kind of more like a rebel? Not really, I feel like. Besides her Lizzie McGuire rebelness of like walking yeah, on know. her own. Um, but that was interesting. So Bridget, who is Blake Lively's character, is supposed to be the oldest of the four girls. Oh, you said this, but Blake Lively is the youngest of the actresses. A few years, she was, oh, she was 16 during filming. Mm-hmm. She does not look 16. Well, it's interesting because the rest of the actresses are were over 18. So Blake Lively was the only one who had to go under child labor laws. So maybe that's why her story was so boring. 
Well, no, I think it's, they just didn't, they could only have her for a certain number of hours and all that. But at the same time, like, she only gets, like, 30 minutes of screen I time. I really do so. think she got the least amount of screen time, probably because they needed to be, like, go to school. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then last one for trivia. So, Alexis Bledel went through a summer camp training to learn how to ride a Vespa and a mule, scuba dive, and took drawing lessons in preparation for the movie. Well, I feel like everyone else just got to show up on set. I feel like if... <laughs> she's the luckiest like all the yeah. other characters didn't if someone said which character did you want to be and one of them gets to learn how to ride a vespa mule scuba dive and drawing lessons i'd be like uh i'd like to be her and she's in greece yeah oh my gosh speaking of she also gets the best hair she's beautiful <laughs> i'm gonna potentially ride a vespa in italy oh, when really? i go oh i'm so excited um it'll be like my lizzie mcguire moment all right so that's trivia we're gonna get to some goofs all right, so some goofs for the movie. I will say this is probably the one movie that the goofs were the least interesting. Maybe because just... someone did their job. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so throughout the movie, the blue coloring in Tibby's hair gets darker and thicker. I mean, I could kind of see that. She could she could have just like color kept coloring it. Yeah, constantly. but they also well, I feel like they probably just put blue extensions in, and no, probably. different days they had different yeah. whatever. So next one, when the girls are eating the pizza in Bridget's room, we hear Bridget saying something, but she has a mouthful of pizza at the time. I'm not surprised about this because I actually learned from a friend um, who kind of like worked as a PA that um, sometimes if you don't see a character's like face or their mouth, but you hear them speaking, it's most likely that voiceover that was done after the film. Oh was yeah, over. you didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I I had assumed, but oh, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. that's probably like the, I the other thing is like. When you're dealing with four girls, like, if she's just saying something really small, like, they all sound like teenage girls. Yeah, it's Like, true. you can figure it out. So, when the soccer girls are running by the ocean, tire marks from the camera truck are visible in the sand. I didn't realize that, but, I mean, you gotta film it somehow. I always see on the beach, like, people riding those things. So, like, that's not not Yeah, normal. but I don't think, well... I don't think those things are where they were in the soccer camp. Mm -hmm. But so this was an incorrect goof, but I wanted to add it. So throughout the movie, the color of the pants change. When Bailey... Yeah, the little dead the girl of Oh, dies. okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm bad with names. Mrs. When Bailey, Leukemia. Yeah. When Bailey holds them up and asks Tibby about them, the pants are light blue. Then when Bridget gets them, they are dark blue. And when Carmen wears them to go try on a dress for her dad's wedding... They are medium blue. However, this could be a part of the magic that adjusts the pants to each girl. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was looking at the jeans and I was like, I, I guess like it's switching colors, but then again, like oh, jeans, you saw it switch colors? No, not really. But oh, I was okay. like, but I was just like, in different lighting, jeans have different tints. So that's yeah, not that weird. So I think it's but kinda... it was an incorrect goof, which means the pants was actually the same in all, in, the, in the whole movie. Well, no, I think they're saying that like it should have been a goof because it makes it look like there's no consistency. But this could have oh, actually okay, meant okay, that there was I the gotcha. magic. So two more. When Lena is pleading with her grandfather to let her say goodbye to Costas, her hairstyle changes repeatedly between shots. I did not notice that at all. I mean, she had the best hair. It was like perfectly curled. I, no one uh, no one told me how her hair got that way. Did her grandmother do it? Did it she do it? It looks natural. No. That, I don't know. There's no way. That's the most... No, it's not. Okay, so the last one. We see a FedEx Airway bill... Yeah, with an address in Maryland, but the zip code is 20510, which is the zip code for nearby Washington, D.C. That's just easily fixable. Like, just find no, a zip code. No, it's easily fixable, but I want to meet one no person one who watched this movie and was like, that's the wrong zip code. I 
only know my zip code. I don't know anyone else's zip code. Yeah, that's true. So that's all of our goofs. And that kind of ends our discussion about the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I think it's good that, well, I think it's good I rewatched it and that you can finally say that you've actually seen it. Because I yeah. just feel like with that and uh, Bend like Beckham, I feel like those were two we just never saw. So, mm-hmm. so out of 10, how would you rate this movie? Um, probably like a 4.8. That's fair. Out of 10. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would give it maybe like a Uh 5.5. It definitely wasn't bad. It just wasn't as interesting as I thought it would be. I have this new way of describing movies that I don't really like. There's a diff- there's some movies that I just I'm angry about okay. and I hate them. Then there's movies I just don't like, but I'm not angry about them. And yeah. then there's like it goes up from there. This is a movie that I didn't think was good, but nothing in about it angered me. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'd say it wasn't great, but it also wasn't like yeah terrible right it was kind of average which to be honest after i watched it and thought it was a little boring i actually thought we would have the exact same opinion on it yeah so essentially but it's good we watched it so just to introduce the topic for next week this is a very different one we're doing music so music would be that we are going to listen to an entire album that Mm -hmm. we probably should have heard a really long time ago so we're gonna do the jonas brothers album the jonas brothers are everywhere right now with their new album right right um but we're going to react to their album a little bit longer and of course we've heard the singles it's but their like, second album um yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah because the first album is the one with year 3000 this is the second no that there it goes the one with years 3000 it goes they're self-titled and then i think there's ones like something vines and something that comes this is i think this is their fourth album no no no, no. i definitely i looked this up today so their newest one is the one that came out today or last week I'm and then it's the one with sucker on it Vines, Lines, and Trying Times came out in 2009, which is 10 years since their their second to newest album. I'm fact-checking this because I looked at this today. I did too. So, okay. No, so... Oh, it's their third album. You were wrong. You said okay, second. So it, but so it, it is goes, the one it's about before. time, which is the one with year 3000. Jonas Brothers, it, self-titles is number two. A little bit longer is number three. And then it's Line Vines and Trying okay, Times. Gotcha. And then obviously begins. So we're going to do a little bit longer. I mean, of course, I feel like we've heard like, you know, Burning Up and Love Bug. But like, I have really never heard any other song in this album besides like the ones that ended up being singles, which was like, yeah, Burning Up and Love Bug. Because we were like Jonas Brothers fans growing up but we didn't hate them either no right so yeah and and it's interesting because if people don't know the Jonas Brothers actually grew up in Denville New Jersey so it wasn't Denville I actually I actually it was New Jersey but I actually got fact-checked about this a few months ago I think it was it's just not Denville I'd have to look it up but it's it's like close it's New Jersey they're Jersey boys yeah 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 But so, um, well, we, you know what one thing is? They they hung out in Denville a lot. Where yeah. Our cousins ended up seeing them at a restaurant in Chinese Denville. restaurant. Yeah, and they like sat next to them. Or yeah, something. so, but yeah, I mean, Stephanie and I have not gone through this album and we've barely heard any of the songs on this album. And I just feel like it's really, we, we really should have because I feel like all the people our age know all these songs on all these albums. And it's not even that we didn't listen to it because we didn't like them. We just weren't necessarily like, oh my God, I love the Jonas Brothers. But honestly, as the years have gone on, more as an adult, I like them even more. And I wish I was a crazed fan when I was younger. 
It's interesting. I feel like if you weren't, like, if you didn't label yourself a Jonas Brothers fan, you only know the songs like we know. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we're going to go through it. So it should be interesting. Um, and it's a nor- new format for us. But then, of course, next week we're going to do our top three Jonas Brothers yeah. songs. We'll definitely go song by song and then like, and, vibe like, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think the best way we should do it is you listen to it fully through in order with lyrics. I think top, that's top three. Your favorite Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so hard. Just, I feel like we, wait, really, uh, you know, we'll we'll discuss it. Okay, okay. okay. Um, but so we hope we, we see you guys in two weeks. So this will be on Tuesday. Um, the day after Labor Day, and then I think Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, and then the next one will be in in two weeks. We're gonna film the next week though. But so if you want to hear what we have to say about the Jonas Brothers, then tune in next week. So thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye.